fellow Zeros. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that's sorry you had to find that memorandum. As always, I'm your host, Joe, and I brought along two of my pink elephants with me to talk to you about the movie Darkman. I won them at a carnival, and the first one's name is Corey. Podcast that will take the pink elephant, if you please. And the other one's Frank. The podcast that tries to not let our anger get the better of us. And that's a really short intro, so now we can jump into what we've been watching this week. I should have asked you guys if you have anything. I do. Awesome. Great. Hey, Frank, what have you been watching? Um, I watched Ant-Man again, because I love that movie. And then I also saw Ragnarok. You finally saw it. I finally watched it. Stone that bad boy. I'm going with the three and a half. Oof. And my reason why is that the movie was good, there was just... They're not deviating from their formula at all, and I think that they need to take some chances, and I don't think this movie took any chances at all. We, I think that's really one of the things that we drove home when we, when the three of us recorded it, too. Yeah, it's kind of the same movie as Guardians 2. Yeah, we, we really kind of drove home the, port that the point that they're becoming formulaic and almost procedural. It, it's almost like episodes of, like, Chicago Med. It's like it's, it's MCU. Yeah. CSI, MC. Yeah, kind of. I just wasn't super impressed by it. Like, I had a good time, but... Did you feel like they forced, like, jokes into every scene? I couldn't... I didn't laugh at anything in the movie. Yeah. Usually I get a chuckle here and there, I didn't laugh at anything, because I just expected it at this point. The more I think about it, the more I'm upset that that made my top five. It doesn't belong there. John Wick 2 did, though. Yeah, it did. That was number six. It was close. It was so close. It it was my number six, too. That's it? That's it. Corey, what'd you watch? There is a new docu-series on Netflix called Dirty Money, and I binged all six episodes, or I'm sorry, four of the six episodes yesterday, and they're like an hour and 15 minutes long each. Oh, it's like a movie length. Oh, yeah. But they go in-depth about um, different dirty money, conspiracies isn't the right word, issues, I guess. So, like, one of them was uh, a bunch of people that were betting on short for, like, pharmacy, so it had to deal with, like, Farmer Bro. And how, like, a bunch of people are, like, buying them to jack up the price of medicine and, like, inflating their numbers illegally, but everybody seemed to be okay with it. Uh, there was one on payday lenders, like a payday lender that got, that actually just got sentenced to, like, 17 years in jail. Yeah. A lot of really interesting stuff about how people with a lot of money manipulate the system to make even more money, uh, often off the backs of people who are sick or desperate. So it's it's a really interesting series. And I think one of the cool parts is they actually don't just straight up say, hey, this is clearly bad. They actually go in and get interviews from people on the opposing side. People like the guy, the payday lender that was going to prison. They actually had like a lot of interview with him defending himself and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. It's certainly an interesting look and you kind of get to, even though it's clearly aimed to lean a certain way, you get to make your own decisions at the end of the day, too, which is kind of cool. Don't scam people. Don't scam them. I mean, it is the thing to do. It's an easy way to make money, apparently. Payday loans? Be a sleazeball, you make money. No. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not looking at you, Mr. I'm sorry, you can bleep that out. (laughs) Definitely not looking at you. (laughs) We'll let you use your imagination. And I watched... Well, that was it for you, right? That's it for me. Okay. I watched the movie Get Out, which is one of those Best Picture nominees. The movie's really good. I'm going to watch that. That's, like, that's the next one on my list. 
It's good. I have a couple of uh, story-related problems with it, but they're just like kind of nitpicky things. But it's it's a really good movie. Are you we're, we're, now that you've seen it? I should say. Mm-hmm. Are you shocked that it got nominated for comedy? Yes. It doesn't. Yeah. There is a. There's one character in the movie that's fun. You haven't seen it. Right? I haven't seen it yet. There's no. one character in the movie that's funny, but like I wouldn't call the movie as a whole a comedy. Yeah. It's definitely supposed to be like a suspense thriller. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and like there's like, but I, I really think honestly that one of the big things that killed it was the fact that Jordan Peele of Key and Peele, fairly famous comedian, is the one that wrote and directed it. So they're like, oh, it's a Peele movie. It should be best comedy. Did you, did you see it? Because you nominated it for Best Picture. I feel like you should have watched it and realized this wasn't a comedy. Because it, it was the Golden Globes that gave, put it into the comedy section, right? I have no idea. I didn't even... I didn't know it was up for a comedy award, and I don't... If it was, I don't think it should win that award. It didn't. The Disaster Artist won it, but it was up okay, against... Okay, good. It was the best... It was best, um... Best film and comedy. And it was up That sounds weird, yeah. Based on what I know from them. Yeah, that's just a really wide net they're casting, basically. They're like, let's get it into as many awards as possible. I guess. Which but, is fair, because it's good, but... But even Jordan Peele was like, this shouldn't have gone up for comedy. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. This is almost a slap in the face that you would even... Like, my content is laughable. Yeah. <laughs> but I digress. And the other thing I watched... I feel like I talked about this show when I watched season two, but there's a show on Netflix called Love Sick. Season three came out used to be called Scrotal Recall, which is a great title. That is a good name. <laughs> Love Sick is, you know, fine as far as title goes. But it's a really, it's a British show, and it's about a guy who gets chlamydia and then has to go through all the women in his life that he slept with and let them know, and then you get backstory and they do flashback stuff. And it's actually a really funny show. Hmm. It's a good time to watch. I recommend, if you, I don't even like British humor, and it's still funny to me, so. Is it, uh, you said Netflix? Yeah. So all three seasons are up right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Netflix uh, original. Scrotal Recall. <laughs> that's such a good title. Yeah, that's awesome. That is the abbreviated version of what we've been watching this week. Let's do our movie facts for the movie Dark Man, which came out in 1990. This movie is only almost 30 years old, guys. Blew my mind when I thought about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. You were <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. yeah. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> it's rated R, and it's one hour and 36 minutes long. It's director we're no stranger to, Sam Raimi. We just did... If you, if you didn't listen to the Spider-Man 3 episode, I'm going to list the films that he's done again. The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, The Quick and the Dead, A, a Simple Plan, For Love of the Game, The Gift, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, and Oz the Great and Powerful, and also this movie. <laughs> That's the one with James Franco, right? That is the one with James Franco. <laughs> Sorry, it was a bit. I said it last time. Anyways. The movie stars Liam Neeson, Francis McDormand, Colin Friels, Larry Drake, Ted Raimi, and Nicholas Wirth. The budget for the movie, $16 million. Didn't really break the bank. It ended up grossing $48 million. $33 million of that was domestic. My handwriting is shit. <laughs> I honestly thought that was an $18, $18 million they made. I was like, man, barely. There's, there's a little four part over here. Yeah, yeah, I see it now. Anyway. <laughs> the scores for the movie kind of all over the place a little bit. Rotten Tomatoes coming in at 83%. Certified fresh. 
The audience score, however, is a 58%. IMDb has it at 6.4 out of 10. And the score on Metacritic is a 65 with a user score of 8.8. So Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes are just essentially flip-flopped. <laughs> sort of, yeah. The Metacritic score is more audience and the Metacritic audience or user is more like... Which doesn't make sense. Yeah, Because the user score and the audience score should be like on par with each other. Yeah. But lately they haven't been. I don't get it. That doesn't make sense, Joe. The whole world's crazy, Corey. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have for the movie facts for Darkman, so let's get into our general spoiler-free thoughts about the movie. Corey. This movie does a couple things really well. Uh, it tells a pretty cool story, especially if you don't really try to like pick apart the plot too much. They use some really, really cool, good practical effects. Working what they had in 1990, they did the best they could with like green screen and... and Really, I guess it would just be green screen. Unfortunately, though, because it was almost 30 years ago, God help my soul for saying that, it does look a little dated. So it's hard, as a modern-day moviegoer who loves to see this stuff, to stay focused on it, which I think is one of the biggest drawbacks to trying to watch this movie. Frank? I pretty much agree with most of what Corey has said. I think it's very dated as well. I don't think this is a good role for Liam Neeson. I just had trouble seeing him the way he was in this movie. And I just wasn't... Nothing really stuck out to me in a good way in this movie, so I'm going to leave it there. I think this movie is a movie. It's fine. No, it, it's, uh... It does feel very dated. Like, it doesn't age as well as, like, Back to the Future was, what, three years before this? Yeah. And I feel like Back to the Future looks way better than this movie does. Because, obviously, this movie was on the really early front of CGI, so they tried to do things... Stylistically, Sam Raimi knows what he wants to do. I give him credit for that. I'm apparently not a big fan of his style, I guess. <laughs> and I've also... I realized watching this movie, I've never seen Liam Neeson in, like, a good movie yet. I've only <laughs> seen him in three movies. I don't think this movie's bad, but, like, I've only seen him in this and Taken and The Phantom Menace. Man, you have not seen Schindler's List? Not yet. It's on Joe's list. It should be. It definitely is. But I've heard that he's way better than that. So I haven't seen him be a good actor yet, which is... It gives me questions about <laughs> Liam Neeson and how he survived this long in Hollywood. But I'm sure he, there are movies that he's better in, because he wouldn't have made it this far. I mean, Schindler's List alone. He could float on Schindler's List for quite a while. That movie really fucking The Grey was pretty good, too. I liked him in A Walk Among the Tombstones. I didn't see that. It was, I mean... It, like I said last We talked week. about yeah. all of these like two weeks ago. Yeah, like I said a couple weeks ago, it's taken noir, but I liked it. Anyways. And, yeah, those are our general thoughts for Darkman, and now from here on out we're going to be spoiling the movie Darkman, so if you haven't seen it yet, and you care what happens, you might want to go watch it, and then come back here. Okay. Spoilers. I have a hard time rationalizing the jump from nerdy... Scientist to batshit crazy. Not even batshit crazy, but like super strong guy. Yeah, like they kind of explained it with like, oh, we cut out, we cut off his nerve endings, and like the argument is, it's kind of like the kick-ass argument. If you're not susceptible to pain, you can push your body further, thus making you feel or act stronger than you are. But it, it's just it's, such it, a it's constant flow of adrenaline, is what they said. Oh, is that what they said? Yeah, and then the fact that like you don't get the the response of pain. Like, it'll drive you mad. 
Like they did explain this in the, in the exposition. The the doctor's exposition yeah. dump. Where they do this weird thing with like the poker where they're just prodding his face as he's moving around. Why is he spinning? Why first thing? Why is he spinning like 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 the guy you throw a knife at in the carnival? Literally, (laughs) the first thing Pam said after we got like in the movie in general, the first time she said piped up and said anything was, "But why is he spinning though?" I'm like, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's a very valid question. I also wrote that down. (laughs) I just. I do not know. It's like they're trying to f- make sure blood continues to flow. Like, they don't know how the body is going to react to no nerve endings. So they're keeping the blood flow moving. I don't I've know. never done this before. This is their first experiment with it. And to make a modern day reference, every time, like, as I was watching it, it was like, it looked like they were making people for Westworld. Mm-hmm. It's, I agree. It's it. That's you never saw it, right? I saw some. I saw some Westworld. But like when you when you're in like the outside and they're like, oh, we have to remake this robot. That's, let's 3D print this new piece. Yeah, let's yeah, 3D print this new person. It's always on that circular wheel. That's clearly a Da Vinci reference. That's probably what they were going with. For this too. Sam Raimi, get at us. Let, Let us know. know. On Twitter. At DJH Podcast. <laughs> Do you think a cigar cutter could actually cut through someone's finger bone? I feel like it could. A, sharp, a, a good, sharp cigar cutter. And, again, it's about hand strike at that point. I guess, yeah. Yeah. There's not a ton of bone in the finger, uh, like... Like a dog can bite off a finger. Yeah. If a dog can do it, I have to imagine I'm... Well, you get the just, torque from, like... The I don't neck. know how strong dogs are. I don't claim to be some kind of animal scientist, but I feel like if you can cut through a cigar and a dog can bite off a finger, you could probably cut through a finger if you squeeze it hard enough. Yeah. If you're out there and you've ever... No. No, you know what? not do this, Joe. <laughs> Point number three, I got seven more. That was actually fun, a kind of cool line. Yeah. That, that line was fun. So, <laughs> why was the memorandum in the science lab? I guess he... My two theories are they, like, switched folders by accident or something, or he just decided to take it with him for reasons. I don't and know. the guys that show up had, know that? I don't... Hey, we're looking for this. No, but didn't that one guy she was banging set him up, kind of, for that? Well, that was... Well, he was in on it the whole time. But yeah, like, that was after. Mm. They weren't... I don't think they were banging before he quote-unquote died. Yeah. By the way... (laughs) We just poked all the holes in Craig's theory. (laughs) One of of my uh, favorite things that happened fairly early on in this movie is the explosion... Oh my god. And he just flies, flies out. When he flies out. <laughs> yeah, specifically because the explosion happens, and then like five, six seconds pass, Norma, what is it? I'm sorry, Francis McDormand is just standing there with her hands on her side, like mouth agape, like. <gasps> and he just flies. And then like, and then he flies over top of her, and like she he, she doesn't notice that like a, bo- a flaming <laughs> body is flying over her head. Flame on. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. We did. We got there. No, I lost it when I saw that part. I was laughing. <laughs> that was that was amazingly hokey. In the oh, 90s, yeah. you go to see this in the theater. Do you laugh at that part? Or do you laugh at it now? We definitely laugh at it now. Yeah, I 100% laughed at it I don't know if I would have laughed at it. I mean, I was three mm. in 90. Your parents would have been like, we got a problem. He's laughing at this part. Yeah, he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. It's bad CGI. <laughs> You're right. He, he, he does have a problem. He's too damn smart for his age. This kid's living... This kid's gonna have a podcast that no one listens to. <laughs> <Years. in this. laughs> 
って言われたら、No, leave it. <laughs> oh, Bennett's gonna hate us. You know what, though? The thing is, again, if I feel like if I had seen this as a kid, probably not when I was three, but if I had seen this as a kid at like six, seven, eight, it, it's a pretty cool movie. Like, as far as superhero premises go, it's one of the more original ideas we've seen in quite a while. And, or at the very least, it's definitely something that other movies we've done before like have since bar- have since barred. Like what? Like Deadpool. Like Deadpool, and who knows who came first. It's a little bit Deadpool, it's a little bit Mission Impossible, with like the face maker. Yeah. It's a, and it's a touch kick-ass in there. I mean, I've never heard of this movie until last week, so... Yeah. Oh, really? You've never even heard of it? Nope. I actually had not either. I don't know. I don't know anything about the comics, obviously, but that's not really something that we. I don't know if there are comics. It's based on a, a story that Sam Raimi wrote. Okay. Like he tried to secure the rights to like the Phantom or a Batman to make a movie, and he couldn't. So he decided to just make his own superhero, basically. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So the face melts after a certain amount of time. Ninety-nine minutes. Unless it's a, unless it's dark. Which but they it, never... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. But it's just, like, smokes and it's off his face. Like, I don't know. It bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> and it just... Just melt off. Yeah. Does it have to burn off your face? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that they set that up... At the very least, there's, a con- there's no continuity over there. Because when he does the test with just the nose, and he makes the nose, when it breaks apart, it does kind of... Bubble up. Bubble and, like, and break apart, like, heat-wise. So, like, at least it's not, like, the thing just melts into a goop, yeah, and then when he puts, like, the whole thing on his face, it starts to bubble and boil. Yeah. At least there's consistency there. So I can't fault him against that. weird... Choice. Yeah. It's a different choice. No argument When there. he was running back to the lab area. After the pink elephant thing? Yeah. Oh, my just, God. <laughs> he had, like, a firework in his mouth or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> just so much smoke. How does she not realize that there's something clearly wrong with his face at that moment? I feel like she does. Maybe. Well, he kept kind of hinting towards it. Saying, like, oh, if I was injured, would you, like, still love me? That's the one thing. Like, they, <laughs> I don't know. Let's and, move on. Yeah. And then, hey. Bitch. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but it, it brings up, like, the reason he does it again. Yeah. Like, he, he goes back and has another date with her at a carnival with the face on specifically because of that. That second that that carnival scene legitimately freaked me out. I was like, "Are you trying to teeter on horror?" Because that's what it looked like. Yeah, it was. A they kind of are. It, it was very. Random. It walks the line between like laughs and horror. Yeah, and that type that like specific style of like off-putting creepiness was very. Are you afraid of the dark? To me, I don't know. If, uh, I watched. You, it. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Okay. It was a little before my time, but I've caught it. Okay, good, good, good. good. Oh, freak. You're so, you're so young. So young. You're so we, young and youthful. And we hate you for it. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Just Jeez. kidding. I'm jealous of you. you. Joey, you were going to say something and I interrupted you before. Well, actually, I interrupted you to say it, so I mean, fair is fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll come back. Just the the fact that, like, they never. They make the whole big deal about it doesn't break down if it's in the dark, and they never do that. Yeah. He just keeps running around in the light with these faces that don't improve and they expire after 99 minutes. I'm like, why even put that into the movie? If Go on a night date. Like, he's called Dark, Dark Man. Man. And, and the, yeah. Why does he not come out at night and have these faces that, la- like, I don't, I just don't get that part of this. I agree. I, that was one of the things that threw me off to the point where, like, I started 
drifting onto other things, picking up my phone, messaging this person or that person, figuring out that I had to go to work, this, that. Working. Working a little bit, and, well, for you, literally working. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kept waiting for that moment where he was going to put a mask on at, like, dusk or at night so we could have, like, a whole night as whatever person to do these things. And you're right, they never used it. It's like he needed... Like, he came up with that, oh, I'm going to call him Dark Man, and this is what's going to happen at night with whatever it is he's using. And then you just forgot. you just like, meh, the story works fine. He's like, I'm the Day Man now, and... <laughs> Fighter of the Night Man. Hurrah! This guy was not a master of karate, or friendship for everyone. He wasn't, no. He was He was just a really scrappy fighter, couldn't feel anything. But Which, they really didn't touch him that a lot either. They didn't. Yeah, but he, like, threw bodies like they were nothing. And that's that's my point about the super strength. It's they like they were making, yeah, the, between the adrenaline and not being able to feel things, you can push your body further than you used to be able to. Yeah, I guess at the time I wasn't really thinking of that. I was just like, how the fuck is he so strong? It, you know what it was? It was the, the first time that he runs into anybody after he, like, breaks out. It's the guy with the glasses that shoots his lab partner in the head. This is the first guy he goes after, uh, right? Oh, Sam Raimi's brother. Ah, oh, that makes more sense. So, that guy's, like, out in an alleyway, and he, like, has his face grabbed, and he, like, screams bloody murder. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then he tells him everything. And he does, like, the Batman thing, where he, like, scene. holding him over, like, the waterfall or whatever, and, like, the sewers is like, I told you everything! I believe you! And then pops his head out. But let's pretend you didn't. Yeah. Like whack a mole. <laughs> whack a mole. I, I was laughing at that. That looked, looked. Yeah. That was one of the only, uh, one of the parts that looked the worst to yep. me. Because he like it looked just like an inflated doll with his mouth. Almost like if and then a little the more weighted, super fucking turning and yeah. shit. He was at like the perfect height where cars just passed over him. Yeah. Is what I thought. And then the giant truck that's low. <laughs> and that sound effect. Yep. Mm. Crushing a watermelon. Ugh. So this is a revenge story. Yes. Yes, it is. And I read an overview at some point, and the way it's described, it's like, he's trying to... God, fuck, what was the word? Revenge. <laughs> it, it, it was something about balance, but it, balance wasn't the right word. Trying to, like, find the middle ground between wanting revenge and going after his love. And I was like, that hardly seems like what this movie was going after. He mostly went revenge. He mostly went revenge with a couple of dates in the middle there. Where's Francis? <laughs> You're about to get killed by a Zamboni! <laughs> it made more of a mess, I don't know why. He's crazy. <laughs> so I mean, I really like... I'm gonna get into positives, because I really like the premise of this movie. I like what he does, as far as making all the massive people and impersonating them, and... He has a really cool plan. That's probably my favorite part about this movie. I firmly agree with that. Like, again, as I was watching, I was like, the premise of this movie is really cool. And he's using what he has and what he knows to his advantage. Yeah, it's his background as a scientist. It's the thing he was already making, so it makes sense. It fits his character perfectly. Yeah. The only problem is this movie feels like a B-movie. Like, it's just... It's just not all The there. writing is just hokey, which I get it. I mean, cheesy superhero movies in the 90s, that makes sense. But just, like, this movie could have been way better. Yeah. I don't know if it could have been been for the time, 
But if this movie had not come out when it did, I feel like if they remade Darkman... Yeah, I support a reboot. It could definitely be... Like, even if you put Sam Raimi back, like, I don't dislike Sam Raimi's view of the movie. I just think with updated graphics and maybe he gets, like, 15 minutes more runtime, he could really do something with this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that there's a bunch of moments in this movie that are... That, like, just see this guy's plan come together perfectly. Like, very much A-Team, love it when a good plan comes together moments. It's funny because he's Hannibal on the A-Team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, he... The first guy he goes after, like, the mug with um, the dagger tattoo on his temple, it's the first guy he goes after to collect money that, like, nobody... That doesn't get delivered because he obviously takes it. <laughs> he just shows up eats a sandwich, a briefcase gets brought to him, he leaves with briefcase and hurriedly takes a giant bite of sandwich. Yep. And then after, and like waits around. This is where it gets fun. He waits around for the other guy to wake up and to get caught having not done what he was supposed to do. Yep. And he has the plane ticket that he puts in the, mm-hmm. the briefcase. Enjoy your flight. I love the fact that he chloroformed a man who was already asleep. <laughs> Just to make sure. Just to, yeah, just to double check. People wake up from naps. They do. He's yeah, just napping. Right. It was a, power, a little power nap. It was 20 minutes. But not anymore. Now it's a chloroform-induced coma. It's a chloroform four-hour nap. Exactly. Nobody asks the woman that's screaming why she's actually screaming. They're just like, stop screaming. Yeah, but then he, that's how he gets away. He, re- But that's my thing. He waits around. That guy, that guy. Oh, let's go get that guy. Yeah, but by that point, the mask would probably come off. No, no, really. Yeah, but now his face is smoking. He was Bruce Campbell again. Only, <laughs> the only uh, plot hole in this is that his entire body shape and form changes to whoever he's being. It's not like he just puts on a mask. I mean, he did make the hand and stuff, but I don't know how you change your body, whole body frame. With I, I get it, but like, yeah. you know, it's just that actor sitting on the bench... And we have to, uh, like, make the, the logical leap, oh, wait, that's Liam Neeson's character. And Liam Neeson is clearly, like, six inches taller than that dude was. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to overlook that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fine to overlook it. Uh, but again, if you're, if you're wanting to, to gripe about it, you could theoretically gripe about it, is all I'm saying. And then you later can, on... You can nitpick this movie to death if you wanted to. Of course. You can nitpick every movie to death. Obviously, the critics to. didn't, so... That's very true. Because, again, I mean, as far as original plot goes... It's really cool. Yeah. It's also way more original than a lot of the stuff that we've seen. I'm definitely on that on that bandwagon. They do, also, do the very tropey when two guys look the same. Shoot him! No, shoot him! Oh, that was good, though. Like when, uh... I kind of like that. Oh, they just... And they use the revolving door, which is... It was like a bug bunny. Great. It's like, yeah, it's such a cartoony <laughs> moment. season. Duck yeah. season. <laughs> Shoot him! No, shoot him! No, shoot him! No, shoot him! Okay. Shoot me! No, shoot me! Okay. <laughs> I mean, just off the top no, of my head... Shoot him now. Shoot me now. <laughs> just off the top of my head, movies that have done that. Viva Vendetta does it. I just had one that's gone now, and that makes me really sad. Oh, uh, first X-Men movie does it. Mystique and Wolverine. Yep. Well, those are the two biggies that popped up in my head. But, I mean, it's something that they use, that, that other people have used. He went a little more funny with it, and I kind of appreciated it. Especially because you just get, like... The picture of the... Or the shots of the guy with the gun. The henchman with the gun. He's like, 
Uh, <laughs> I was hoping for Benny Hill music. It's come out of doorways. They go in and out. And it's just the hallway with a bunch yep. of doors like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't go crazy enough with this movie, Sam Raimi. That's the problem. <laughs> it's like only an hour and, what, 20 minutes to this movie? Essentially. An hour and 36. Yeah, but when you take the six minutes take, of credits yeah, and, so like the, an hour and, and the yeah. 100 universal things they put in the movie. Yeah, they did. They put a lot of universals in the front of this movie. It was their 75th. The intro really wasn't that long, though. Like, no, no. I, no, the I, actual like, they intro. jumped right into the actual movie after they did the... Which, was parts, which I liked about that. This is about the time. This was about that time when they started doing that. When they stopped doing super long credits at the start of movies. Did you see Spider-Man? And then same <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. It's funny because it's the same... I, he had nothing to do with that part. I don't think his stylistic vision for Spider-Man 3 is like... Reboot. Let's see how long we can get the opening credits to go. Yeah. We're going to chew up some chunk of this movie. It's like four minutes long. It's, it's so long. I didn't say that there weren't people that are still guilty of it. But this is the time when people are starting to experiment with jumping right in. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the makeup effects of Liam Neeson post-accident. Yeah, he does look really creepy. He looks really creepy, but... He's like Nosferatu, but... Nosferatu... I I see a lot of zombie. Like, I can... If somebody was to tell me that, like, the makeup design or the costume designers for The Walking Dead were like, no, we pulled a lot of this from uh, Darkman, I'd be like, yeah, totally say it. It wasn't like a mask he was wearing, though. No, I mean... yeah, maybe a little bold. Definitely some prosthetics in there, obviously, but like um, for real, like it looked yeah, it was really, really, really good. The makeup artist. They got nominated for some awards. I think they won a couple, not like Academy Awards, but smaller awards for <laughs> makeup and costume design and stuff because it looks good, yeah. especially for the time it came out. And it still holds up. It does. Yeah, it does. And that's those and practical effects were good. When when they go practical, it it really good. CGI is definitely the really bad. Really bad. The <laughs> the CGI of going back to the explosion and like the catapult into the river thing when <laughs> she's just standing there. Oh, the obvious green screen. Oh my there. god, oh, that killed me. Yeah, and like they're trying to do this cool like green screen like time has passed, like but the she's like to the numb. funeral. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that was pretty bad. But like time is like passing, and you can't. Like, she's so depressed and, like, grieving that, like, it all just, like, flies by her, and then suddenly she's at the funeral. I noticed the green screen really bad when he was hanging on the helicopter. The helicopter was oh, a super yeah. green screen. I was just like, oh. Same thing with, like, the cable rope as he, like, swung off of the unfinished building to catch her hmm. at the end of the movie. There's a bunch of parts that are clearly green screened. But there's nothing they can do. No, it's, it's it's the best they could do with what they got, so I can't hold it against them. We can just say it looks bad, but not it, hold it against them. Dated. Yeah. It goes back to our original statements that it's dated. It's not their fault. They couldn't have made it look it any better. It just sucks. It's their fault. <laughs> We're at two different camps here. Going into that transition, when they're at the funeral, possibly my least favorite scene in this movie, because, so you get her standing at the grave, and then there's another shot, I guess, with, like, the gravedigger and the limo driver, like, leaning up against the car talking, and she's in the background. And he's like, well, there ain't much to bury. And all they found was, I don't even an know. An ear. An ear. Or a piece of an ear. Yeah, a piece of an ear. Doesn't take long to bury that. And then the scene kind of continues. And then they kind of pan out, 
and that dude is like six feet away from her. <laughs> <laughs> this woman is grieving the loss of her most beloved person in her life. Only an ear to remember it by. And you're just talking cavalierly about how it took you like 16 minutes to dig an ear six feet deep. His bedside manner sucks. Yep. Hey. Yeah. Turn it back. Right on. That was... I, I, I couldn't... Gave me like the heebie-jeebies. I was like, that's just not good. I think my least favorite scene is when... We're here already. Yeah. He's, <laughs> da- he's dancing in the lab. Oh my god, when he actually starts going nuts. Yeah, I was like... And he puts the fucking I was like, uh, I, Tin Man yeah. fucking cat on his head. Starts dancing at the cat because the cat hisses at him. Yeah, I was oh, like... Oh shit. Uh, Liam Neeson, this is not you, man. You're very serious. This is not you. That was a Sam Raimi choice to go. And I was like, I could see Jim Carrey doing something like that, but not you. I was talking to uh, Pam's dad about this as I turned it on, because he was like, oh, I really enjoy this movie. And I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> wow. How do you listen? <laughs> no, he, honestly, he's just super positive about all movies ever. Like, there, I don't know that there is a movie he doesn't like. He's your Matt. Yeah. So he was he was making a point about Liam Neeson in this, and he he says like this is at a point in time where Liam Neeson definitely well before he has fallen into the action hero role, and he was taking on a bunch of different projects like this just to kind of see he's trying to find himself yeah what and where he he lays so for that I, you know honestly well done Liam Neeson for having the balls to go for it. And it's not like his performance is bad. As far as trying to convince me that he's a crazy person, does it pretty fucking well. Yeah, I'll believe. I'll believe Peyton, whatever, Westlake, mm-hmm. is crazy <laughs> after the whole being burned to a crisp and having his nerves cut out. Yep, yep. Without any, you know, anybody saying that that's okay to do it. Anybody catch that part about the whole premise of this movie? This hospital science lab thing that's just cutting off fucking nerve endings... Is doing it with no, no remorse or anything. Not with just no um, accountability. They're like, yeah, it was like to stop his suffering. But like, like the other thing I wrote down about questions I have besides him spinning is like, was it supposed to be reversed at some point, or was it supposed to be permanent that he doesn't feel? Because they were talking about rehabilitation. I don't think you're going to rehabilitate a guy who can't feel can't anything. Feel I think the rehabilitation was just mental. Yeah, it was the mental, because that's what they were constantly talking about, how they would go crazy, and I think that's the rehabilitation, like, get them okay with the way that they look, and try to make them functional members of society again. That's it. Like, that's the only thing you can do. But again, there's no, you know, if somebody's in a coma, and you're going to do some sort of experimental procedure on them, in this case, cutting off all of their nerve endings, however that's done, somebody has to be there to say yes. But what this woman actively said was that she finds three or four hobos a month dying on the street, and that's what they do to them. It's like, instead of using lab rats or, like, chimps, they use regular humans. They just happen to be hobos, so who fucking cares? I wonder if this actually happens. It probably does. Probably. Which is the worst part. There are so many dark men out there. Yeah. Don't go to a carnival. That carnival work was a dick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, behind the line. Come on, guy. He was behind the line. Yeah. I maintain that. I understand was... his outrage. Yeah. Took it a little far, but... Then he, he broke two hot dogs on the guy. Oh, God, that was so oh, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was... Oh. That didn't look... Hurt. That did look painful. 
It did. Outside the fact that the fingers literally looked like plastic. <laughs> uh, it, it, it looked both fake and painful. Oh, yeah. It looked like that scene. <laughs> Never mind, you know what? I'm not bringing it up. <laughs> Sequel isn't here, I'm not bringing up Harry Potter. In Requiem for... for I thought you were going to say yes. Yes, yes. I mean, that's the same movie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I've checked it out. Well, fuck me then. Joey didn't do your least favorite. <laughs> I did do my least favorite. Uh, my least favorite is probably either the Carnival Freakout or really any freakout that he has during this. Because it's, I understand what Sam Raimi's going for here. He's trying to portray him as a crazy person and justify all the exposition we got before. It just, it's not my thing. Stylistically, I don't like it in movies when people go insane like that, and it's really campy in this one. Yeah, again, they use that CGI that they don't have a strong grip on, which doesn't help. So they do think he's weird, like, the carnival scene specifically. When he freaks out, it, like, zooms in on his face a bunch of time in, like, weird angles, and, like, flames start bursting behind him, and I'm like... And flashes back to, like, (laughs) fragments of memories. Yeah, I'm just like, this is not... For the time, maybe it worked. I guess, but... I wasn't alive then, so... You're going to keep hammering that home, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the natural reaction to... I, I, I didn't know how the machine worked. Do you want to <laughs> break it off? Before we get into actual favorite scenes in this, uh, I want to talk about the helicopter situation. So, minutes before this helicopter scene happens, we get the main, or who we think is the main villain, Mr. Chop Fingers Off with... Uh, cigar cutter guy. Well, I don't know his name. Oh. Durant, right? No. Oh yeah, it's Dur- Durant. Robert G. Durant. I want to say Durant. Durant was it Durant? Well, I know he makes spoilers. Comes back for the sequel. Does he? Yes. There, there, are, there are two direct to DVD sequels. Direct to video. I know they're uh, they're <laughs> on Amazon. I almost bought one. Of them. Are they? Yeah. I almost by, accidentally clicked... By mistake, for the, because you thought we were doing it. Yeah, I clicked Darkman, and the one that happened, and like the first thing that popped up. And Darkman Dark 2, and I was like, that's... The Return of Durant. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> hey, you survived that fucking hell of a explosion. Yep. So... Yes, Robert G. Well, Durant. I mean, Liam Neeson... Is it G or, or D? G. G. Durant. No, that's Robert... Sorry. Robert G. Durant. Robert G. Durant. Got it. So, his plan is to go and take the money from the Chinese guy that, that owes him money. But first, walks into... A convenience store with a buys a bunch of frozen pizzas, robs them, turns, looks at the camera, and says who he is. Fucking awesome! <laughs> I, honest to God, I loved that moment. He then gets arrested, which buys him the time to go and do his thing. It all happens. It's done, and then we get the shoot him, shoot him, chases away. Finally, we get to this helicopter scene, and. The guy who was just arguing with the cops, like, oh, I'm an upright, upstanding citizen, blows a police helicopter (laughs) out of the fucking sky. Well, I mean, when you're a criminal, you're going to say whatever you need to. I get it. But then to turn around and just be so cavalier about killing cops, I'm like, hmm, probably not the best look. I feel like other people knew that, uh, what's happening here? And then it comes into probably one of the most anticlimactic mini boss death scenes I think I've ever seen. Just hooks the cable onto the truck mm. and just... I mean, it's fitting. Yeah. He's been outsmarting him the entire time. Yeah. It just seems like there should have been 
I mean, I guess the helicopter scene was a, was a fairly big moment. To me, it just felt like a very lackluster end. I mean, I think it looks unfortunate, but as a scene itself, mm-hmm. I think it works. I think what is what is the punchline he uses there? Darkman drops a punchline right after that. I can't remember. Oh, fuck. The only one I can remember is when he drops, uh, whatever, what's his face? The main guy. Larry. Lewis. Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah. The actual mastermind behind the yeah. whole thing? I'm learning to live with a lot of things. Well, I lo- I firmly disagree with the script choice in that in that moment. I know you. You can't live with yourself if you Bitch, you just met this dude. Like after he you don't you never knew him before he was Dark Man. Well, he, may, he might have met him at some point. I mean, he was seeing his favorite employee. I don't know. <laughs> I I I that one that one bothered me because I was like, you don't you don't know this guy. You don't know what he can and can't live with. But the response that you get from it is pretty good. I'm learning to live with a lot of things that lets him go. Pretty much doing the reverse Batman, where Batman would just tie him up and walk away. I pretty much thought that, too. I was like, yeah, he's... Alright. Yeah. He's anti-Batman. Kill him. He's the Punisher. So, favorite scene? I guess mine would be the explosion, just because I laughed at it. <laughs> it was funny. It is funny. <laughs> favorite scene. I actually, I know it was not yours, I really enjoyed the dancing around crazy in the lab <laughs> scene. I think I think that was pulled off pretty well. It's all practical effect. And you're seeing this man's descent into madness before he really has purpose, right? He hasn't even or has he just done the first revenge thing? He did the first one, I think. He did the first one and that's when he does the dance? Yeah. Okay. It could be. It's either, the, it's, it, that's how it, it's either when he's still trying to figure it out or right after he's done the first one. But nonetheless, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. It's my favorite scene. <laughs> my favorite one is... the My favorite part of the movie is... Uh, I mean, anything really with his face maker plan, that's, a, that's kind of broad, because that's the entire plot. plot of the movie, basically. So I think I like the first one the best, because it's very elaborate. I mean, they're all kind of elaborate, but that one, he even set the guy up to take the fall for it. It's really cool. The second best... I'm doing, um, for the second best taking advantage thing that he does is when he's as Durant in the, like, actually, once he gets to the Chinatown guy, and he's like, no, I'm not giving you your money, and he sits down in the chair and he's like, you have until I finish the cigar, and he cuts off almost all of it, I was like, yep, that's fucking G. That was pretty great. Yeah. All right, you win. I don't understand what he was doing with the match in his hand. Like, I think he was just proving that he's a badass. And Pam said this again. I thought he was doing that, and I also thought, like, I was like, maybe is either trying to speed up the deterioration of the thing or elongate it. I'm not sure. What do you think Fire's going to do? That I thought maybe there was something to do with that. Probably just like I don't feel pain, so. I think that I think he was trying to that that was the point he was trying to get across. <laughs> he's the first time he gets back to like the broken down lab or whatever. And he's, like, talking to himself and doing all the things. Like, the Bunsen burner, like, catches his hand on fire. And he's like, hmm. Yeah. Wraps it up in a towel. <laughs> yeah. He, like, flicks his hand a couple times. Like, well, this That's is... not going out. <laughs> wow. This is strange. And, like, pats it out. Oh, shit. That was good. He's always got a Bunsen burner next to it. I don't get it. Bunsen. Why is it on? As a man who's clearly prone to catching on fire... Probably not a good idea. Probably not the best idea, but... Mm-hmm. Why did the little, like, woodpecker guy spark the entire building? 
did, did because they, he hit a lighter, but I, that would... I've seen one of those That makes a spark and sets off the Yeah. I've seen one of those before. They're not strong enough to do that. (laughs) But what was, um, what was leaking that would, like, cause all the gas to be around? Well, they turned the gas on, right? Yeah, they turned the gas on. Oh, okay. Oh! Alright, I get it now. Oh, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) It was just one of the things I missed when I was, like, when it was dark, seven people quietly walked in. You took the bum leg gun off instead of bringing... Your own to the like you didn't need the fake leg gun. That guy's name is Skip, by the way. (laughs) 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 That's pretty racist. Yeah, I did. I dated a girl with a peg leg once. Yeah, what happened? I broke it off. (laughs) When the first uh, showdown happens right at the opening of the movie, and the guy's on the car phone. I, I know you don't remember these things, but before we had cell phones. I've seen them before, so I'm watching them. Wow. We had these things. Please don't say a museum. No. No, they're like built into the car. No, no, no. You, you, they were in little like suitcases. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would put in like the center console and you'd plug them in the cigarette. That I've never seen. I've actually seen them in the car like Dash. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen those. (laughs) But he's on the car phone and he like throws the phone away and he's like, make sure they don't come in packing heat or whatever. (laughs) As that gang walks out to, like, confront them, he lingers on the shot of, like, the guy in the second row just with a random pair of fucking nunchucks. (laughs) I lost it. I was like, that sets a fucking tone for this movie. It got better. It got better. But as soon as I saw the nunchuck come out, I was like, who brings nunchucks to a potential gunfight? Why not? Everybody's got their specialty. Like the butcher. It was the whitest guy on screen. Like the butcher. It's the it's Bruce. Yeah. It's not Bruce Lee, but it's just Bruce. That's no, his regular Bruce, yeah. Or Lee. <laughs> and then when they were patting them all down, a pair of nunchucks falls in. It was like, there were two nunchucks. There were two sets of nunchucks. I guess it was good that that guy had a nunchuck. He would have nunchucked it out. They didn't. It was an opportunity. Yep, yep. One peg leg machine gun. They took out an entire warehouse full of guys no, that also had cars. Yep. Cars and guns. I don't get it. But good on them, I guess. Nope. Not good on them. I think they were supposed to be Russian or German or something. This never came up again. Yeah, it didn't it didn't matter even. That's probably a good time to get into our rating for the movie. If you've never tuned in before, how our rating system works is we use infinity stones. They go from one to six. One is the low end of the spectrum, six is the high end. If you give a movie six stones, you can also give it a gauntlet if you want, which is the highest honor you can bestow upon a movie. And now we're gonna rate the movie Darkman for you using the system I just described. Like, 12 seconds ago. Frank, what'd you give it? I'd give it three stones, middle of the road. It's alright, it's just not... It's a little dated. I do support a reboot, and I kind of hope they do, and I don't think they will, but... You know, I have hope. It's not terrible. Corey? So I always decide between my threes and my fours based on whether or not I watch them again. It's like I get the same amount of enjoyment, it's just whether or not I would watch them. I think if childhood Corey had seen this movie growing up, it would be a four... Because I would want to watch it again. Because this is the type of cheesy shit that I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, as an adult, it's hard to get around some of the dated CGI. The practical effects are still good, though. And as far as original storytelling goes, still pretty solid. However, I have no intention or desire to really go back and watch this again. It gets three stones for me. I think this movie was... I was captivated by the story in this movie. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It's a little dated. It could really use a reboot. 
just because we've improved technology so much in the past 28 years. But when I found out there are two sequels to this movie, I kind of want to see them. <laughs> I'm interested in the whole story that they're telling, and I think that they did a good job overall with what they could work with. The writing definitely feels like a B-movie, but it's not the worst thing in the world. It kind of fits stylistically. So I'm going to give this movie four stones, which is becoming a very familiar rating for me for Sam Raimi movies. That's about his ceiling for me. But yeah, I would I would watch this movie again, and I I don't know how the other two movies are, because I don't think Liam Neeson's in them. I was That was my next question. Does Liam Neeson reprise his role as Dark Knight? I don't think he does, because I, I think I looked at his IMDb. Or at least I know Sam Raimi doesn't direct it. He doesn't direct the other two Darkman movies. I know that their ratings are all in the 40s. Oh, God, no. Well, this took a turn for the worst, then. Darkman 2's Rotten Tomatoes score is 29. Is Liam Neeson it? That's for now. <laughs> no, Arnold... Vosla, which I think is the guy who played, yeah. It's the Liam Neeson impersonator. It's the guy who played the uh, the bad guy in the first Mummy movie. No, that does not look like Liam Neeson. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I know this guy. Cool. Cool. And those are our ratings for Dark Man. If you want to let us know your thoughts about Dark Man or something we said about Dark Man, or you know who you would impersonate if you had the chance to make our liquid skin in your lab, you can send all those things and more. In an email to zthpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at zthpodcast. You can take a picture of the mask you made and send it to us on Instagram at zthpodcast. Or you can go to facebook.com backslash zthpodcast or search for us in the search bar, Zero's Talking Heroes, Zero's and Heroes, and an ES. Well done, Frank. <laughs> I was going to take one of those over, but you just kept going. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I figured I was kidding. He didn't even like, break for breath. He was like, no, I got this. Yeah, I was committed. <laughs> And go ahead and find us on iTunes, podcast apps, Google Play, whatever you're listening to us. If they give you an option for a rating, if you could give us a five-star rating, that'd be great. We'd be eternally grateful. And if you want to leave a review with that, we'll read it on the air. Your review's optional. Five-star rating, though, mandatory. Yes, absolutely. If you're listening right now, I'm going to send in Hypnotoad to make you do it. <laughs> that'll, that'll help. I really should have thought of this earlier. We'd be getting way more five-star ratings. Next time... Here on Zero's Talking Heroes, we're going to be doing a more recent movie. It's Captain America, the first Avenger. We're going to wrap up our first trilogy that we've ever done. So join us for that one next time. Hopefully we'll have one or two more people with us. If not, we're still going to have fun. Yes, we will. As usual, remember that every movie out there, including Darkman, is someone's favorite movie. Good night. Ron Tomato says 29 and 30.